certainly have been uh, very much struck afresh by really the events of what we celebrated a couple of weeks ago of Easter. And it's, it's so mind-blowing, earth-shattering, cosmos-shattering what Jesus, or what God did in Jesus dying on the cross and ra raising him from the dead three days later. It's probably quite easy just to think, oh, well, that was a for a few weeks ago we celebrated that, so shall we move on? I don't think we can move on, really. It's so powerful. And um, we had a retreat here a couple of weeks ago, and, and so hence you see on the cross strips of red representing the blood that Jesus shed on the cross and the crown of thorns. And uh, here, I don't know if you can see that, this home, at home, but uh, there's a stone here. We made a little kind of a tomb. And there's the white sheet because there's no body. Because Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's uh, worth a hallelujah at the end, I think. I don't know about you. Um, because it, it truly is uh, powerful. When uh, Jesus died on the cross, earthquakes happened. You know, that's what it says in Matthew. And when the stone was rolled away, an earthquake happened. And um, people were even raised from the dead as, as if God couldn't, couldn't wait for, you know, the end of times. You know, just, um, he wanted to open his Easter egg now kind of thing. If it's not too irreverent to say, this is what I want to do. I want to bring resurrection. And it kind of happened even as Jesus died and rose again. And, he, and Jesus, as he appeared to the disciples, he came and he transformed. They were locked often, weren't they, in, in a closed room, it says. And Jesus came and he breathed on them, said, peace be with you. And he breathed his Holy Spirit onto them to transform them from this kind of frightened bunch to, to, to folks genuinely transformed with new hope and then good news to share. You know, so, it's so powerful if we receive all that God has done in Christ, not only in the death of Jesus, but in his powerful resurrection. This tomb is empty. And one day, you and I, if we put our trust in, in, in Christ, we will have a resurrection body, and, uh, and that's just going to be wonderful, <laughs> everything that God has in store for us. But it's not only is it a, 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 an event of great power, but it's also really... Uh, the other thing that struck me, has struck me, uh, just rereading the Easter stories, it's, it's a story of great love. Because even in that, Jesus coming to rescue us. We, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, says the Apostle Paul. And he came and he rescued us. Why? Because he loved us. That's what it's all about. I don't know if uh, some of you like, we like to watch sometimes the the RNLI rescue boats going out and rescuing people, just fearless and not caring about their own safety, even though they're kind of supposed to. But they just come out of, out of, out of a love to rescue people who sometimes done very stupid things, who's done very stupid things in their lives. It's, it's, and so that's what, the, that's what God has done in Christ. It's a rescue story because he wanted to rescue uh, us, the ones he loved, who were in trouble. So I'm going to read. Do you believe me? It's a, it's a story of love. <laughs> well, I'm going to read the last few, a few verses from the end of God, uh, God's gospel. It is God's gospel. <laughs> it's John's gospel, this one. <laughs> um, I haven't got a secret gospel somewhere. 
Uh, and uh, just a few verses, and you'll know the, the, the verses very well. And it says this in John 21, 15. Uh, when they had finished eating, I love it, um, uh, just looking up the, the original word, it's like literally dining. Once they had finished dining, eating breakfast, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just eating, you know, it's, it's something uh, that, that's kind of filled. And they've, they've been with Jesus on the beach, remember, around the fire, and he's brought fish, and he's, he's restored. He's been res in the process of restoring Peter. When they had finished dining or having breakfast, you know, a serious time with Jesus, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? That was a phrase that kind of struck me, convinced, uh, convicted me, I must say, as well. Do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to Simon, said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And a few verses later, verse 20, uh, Peter turns and he sees the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. This, is, this was the one who had leant back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And what's the key word uh, in these six odd verses? It's, it's love, yes. Uh, eight times there is a love mentioned at the end of this gospel. Easter resurrection story is a message of ultimately love. I don't know, do you love a good, do you like a good love story? There's certainly some classics in, in our time. It'd be nice to hear what your favorite one is, maybe over coffee or maybe on the chat. Uh, what's your favorite love story or book of all time? Well, Pride and Prejudice comes to mind. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, Roman Holiday, especially like that one. Casablanca, etc., etc. Sense and sensibility, and uh, sometimes I, I find it struggle to, to watch or or see good love stories these days. I don't know if it's just me looking in the wrong places. Um, happened to watch the film. I actually haven't finished the film, but it was a it was a, a strange love story. It was a, it's called Her. I don't know if you've seen that film. Wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but it's a story of a, a a man who fell in love with his computer operating system because it's because it's in the future and it spoke with a lovely kind of sexy voice and blah, blah, blah. You know, so, well, yeah, far, far out, but gosh, it just leaves us a little bit perplexed. Where are we heading? Um, so where are the good love stories uh, these days? But this, John's Gospel, is a love story. Just read a passage, short passage with eight times a word, love. And the episodes in John's Gospel after the resurrection, there are six little episodes and, and they all kind of speak of love to me. So Jesus and, and, chap and chapter 20 is raised from the dead. Uh, and what happens? There's women who run to the grave. They go and get the disciples and they run to the grave too. It's like if you're in love, 
you kind of run, don't you? You kind of, you walk a bit faster, you want to get there, you want to hear news, you know, you're, you're desperate, you know, you're, you're running. <laughs> and that, it kind of made me think of, um, uh, Colleen's not here, uh, <laughs> I can say what I want. <laughs> no. Uh, we, we were, um, before we got married, we were kind of courting a friendship and we decided, well, maybe, maybe we should uh, stop the friendship. So I, I was in Sweden, she was in England. Oh. <laughs> Um, for various reasons. Um, and then I was working with a yeah, mission in Sweden. And um, so I got this letter saying she's going back to South Africa. Uh, I don't, all of a sudden, my heart just, I can't let this happen. So when we uh, traveled back to, we, we were based in Amsterdam, I said to um, uh, my, our, our leader, mission leader, sorry, you just have to leave me off at Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam. So as we were coming back to, the, to our base in Amsterdam, uh, he left me at the airport. I got a got a uh, got a plane and got to her door and knocked on the door <laughs> to her uh, shock, horror, and everything else. So I, I, I ran. You know, I'm going to lose this lady. Just realised this is um, this is the one I want to be with. And, um, and and later she came to Amsterdam. Three or four weeks later, I proposed. I don't know why I'm saying all this. <laughs> <laughs> so I got down on one knee and proposed, and she laughed. So, <laughs> I think I'm telling too many details, but uh, uh, you run, you know, it's, it's a running, you know, you, know, you want to be with them, you want to hear news, and that's what uh, happened, and then after, after that there was an episode of, of Mary, and, and she came back to the tomb, and she, and she was weeping, because was, Jesus wasn't there, and she, and she looks round, and, and Jesus, uh, his resurrected body, he, um, she didn't recognize him, says, Mary, you know, when there's a love story, there's emotion, there's emotion involved, you know, you, you can't, it sort of touches our hearts. And then um, a couple of episodes later, you've got, uh, as I mentioned, the disciples behind locked doors, and Jesus comes to them. When there's love, you want to comfort those that are struggling and who are fearful. And then the, the fifth episode in John's Gospel is, is Jesus on the beach, and it's eating with the ones he loved. Again, it just speaks to me of love, you know, he wanted to uh, make sure Peter was forgiven and, and reinstated and, and restored and he showed his love. Come and have breakfast and sit down. And we heard that as if you've been uh, at, at our Thursday service uh, last week. And then we get to this episode. Again, it's about love. Do you, do you love me? Do you love me? Above all these things. And Peter kind of stutters uh, to reply. And, but the whole of God's, John's gospel is about love, isn't it? It's one of these one of the most amazing gospels, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believed and put their trust in him would have everlasting life. And, and Jesus, as he went about his, uh, his teaching and everything, and, and John chapter 11 says he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. It wasn't just a, a ethereal kind of love, it was rooted in, in people, because that's what God is. And when Lazarus died, Jesus wept, and the comment of the people around him, look how he loved him. It's full of love, isn't it? In the Passover, John 13, Jesus, it says this, Jesus loved his own who were in the world, now he showed them the full extent of his love, and he picked up a towel and took the place of a servant. John 15, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, remain in my love. Greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for a friend. And I could 
quote many other verses. All of John's gospel is about love. The Lord wooing us and, and pursuing us and running after us. And then we got in the passage we've read that the, John's own testimony, he calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. It's like something had rooted in John and he himself also had received uh, God's love to such an extent he could say the disciple who, who Jesus loved. And it says that five times in his gospel. He was blown away by it. It says, um, uh, John chapter 13, as he lay, uh, as he um, uh, was eating with Jesus, he leant back because they all had tables. We didn't have, they didn't have chairs. They had sort of couch things. He leant back where he was close to Jesus around that supper table and he leant back, the disciple who Jesus loved. And he leant in, there's a closeness. He knew he was, that the Lord was close to him. Remember again on the, on the cross, Jesus said, uh, uh, John, here's your mother, mother, here's your, Mary, here's your son. And, and the phrase is, it's the disciple who Jesus loved that Jesus said all this to. Jesus caring, even though he was going through that excruciating death. Again, it's mentioned the disciple whom Jesus loved as he ran to that tomb. You know, he was the one who loved. He, he knew the love of Jesus and he wanted to rush to that tomb. And uh, just before this episode that we've just read, on, on the beach, remember the disciples caught nothing as they fished. And uh, Jesus said, put your nets on the right-hand side. And they caught a, a huge quantity of fish. And it was the disciple whom Jesus loved said, it's the Lord that must be the Lord. He recognized Jesus. And, and when, when, we're <clears throat> when there is love, you're sort of at attentive to what, to what they might say, you know, any kind of even subtle movement. He recognized the Lord. And so here uh, in this passage that we have read, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Isn't that amazing? Just a gospel full of the love of Christ, of God's love, pursuing and seeking and wooing. But it's not just the New Testament. If you just want to read for a moment the, the Song of Songs in the Old Testament, it says it's the story of a love relationship between a man and a woman, but it's got phrases like, uh, come away with me, let's hurry. Uh, he's taken me into the banquet hall and his banner over me is love. Strengthen me with raisins, refresh me with apples, for I am faint with love. It's a love story, but it speaks in a deeper way of God's love for us. And then there's an incredible verse in that, one of my favorites. Show me your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Lots of phrases like that that speak through the love relationship of a man and a woman. God's love. Uh, speaking over us. Would you receive God's love afresh this morning? And when I think of our relationship with God, that's, it's about prayer, isn't it? So in this context, what is prayer? Is it about a religious obligation that we fulfill? Is it about seeking things, material things, so we ask God stuff? Is it about because we have a desperate personal need? Is it about 
even yearning, the yearning of a human heart to experience God. Yep, some of all that. But that the heart of prayer is something up, upside down, different to all that. What is it? It's the loving heart of God seeking us out, waiting for us, pursuing us, and loving us. And the Lord calling us to himself. That's what prayer is, ultimately. Yes, we can express our needs to him. But we, are, we get it so self-centered, don't we? Prayer, first thing, the nature of prayer. Why do we pray? It's because he loves us so much that he runs to us. He woos us and he calls us to himself. I was reading about Richard Foster. Some of you might know him. He's written some great books like Celebration of Discipline. And he was trying to write a book on prayer. And he said, I'd, I'd, re I'd read 300 books of prayer. And I had all these definitions of prayer. And my, my, my mind was just a whirl. What can I say about prayer anyway? You know, all these greats are written about prayer. And he just, he remembers just sitting at a library, just surrounded by all these books. And he heard this phrase which he believed was from God, and I believe it is too, saying this, tell my people, tell my children that my heart is broken. Their distance and preoccupation wounds me. Tell them, tell my children to come home. And that's what prayer is. It's that. That, that loving, often wounded heart of God because we are distracted and, and he calls us to come home. And that's what prayer is. That's what the resurrection means. And so Richard Foster was able to, 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 to write that really this metaphor of home is really an extended metaphor of prayer because God welcomes us into the living room of his heart, which means put on your old slippers and share freely. God welcomes us into the kitchen of his friendship, where chatter and batter mix in good fun. God wel welcomes us into the study of his wisdom, where we can grow and stretch and ask all the questions we want. God welcomes us into the dining room of his strength where we can feast to his heart's delight. He welcomes us into the workshop of his creativity where we can become co-laborers with him, work together to determine the outcome of events with his grace. And finally, God welcomes us into the bedroom of his rest where we can be vulnerable and open where we can know him and be known to the fullest. He calls us home. And so, as we conclude, what does the Lord say? He, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I am risen. I love you. I did all this for you. I call you to myself. And that phrase, do you love me more than these? That love is a it is a Greek word that just means, it's just, it's just committed. It's like chesed. It's faithful. It's a love that would do anything and does everything. 
and will not let go. It's faithful to the end. This is the love that the Lord, show, God shows us and Jesus shows us and showed to Peter. Do you love me like this more than these? That's the question, isn't it? More than these. What, what are the, the, the these in Peter's life? All the fishing stuff that he could do, all the friends, maybe the, the things he could do, all the things he could do, he could fish. Or maybe also his disappointments. All the these are everything that stops us receiving God's love. It can be the wonderful things we can do, uh, the priorities in life. But the Lord says, do you love me more than these? And Peter stammered and struggled and he could not reply, I can't love you with that. The word in, in, in the original Greek is he didn't reply with this kind of love. It's uh, phileo love. I love you with, it, it's, a, it's like a brotherly love. It's an affectionate love. It's more emotional. And it's like Peter saying, yeah, I know you love me, but I, my love is like down here. But this is what I have. Did the Lord blow him away? No, he didn't. He said, I feed my lambs. I've got a place for you. And he asked him three times just to tease out, I know you love me. I know you feel it's not what it should be, but follow me and you will know my love. And Peter eventually followed him to the end. We know that, don't he? He was crucified upside down. But it's not a love that just wallows in self. It's feed my lambs. As you receive God's love, he encourages us to love those around us and reach out. So that's the resurrection power of Easter. And it's the Lord calling to each one of us. Do you love me more than these? So shall we receive the Lord's grace and love afresh? Maybe he would tease from our hearts afresh the love that we, we have for him.